Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey, author of Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics and Fantastic Four Grand Design. We're going to look at uh, an early image comic here, Splitting Image by Don Simpson, an interesting artifact of that early image era. But first I'd like to invite all of you to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell icon next to the subscribe button. You'll be notified when we post new videos. It'll give you a leg up if you're trying to track down the original splitting image, for example. Uh, you'll be the first one to know about whatever comics we're covering and uh, the first one to hit Amazon, eBay, or your local comic shop looking for these back issues. Also, let the video play through till the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share it with other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. That is how we grow this channel. We're at 61,000 and change, but we are on our quest for 6 million. So uh, we're just at the beginning of this journey, and we appreciate your help in uh, spreading the Cartoonist Kayfabe word. But now back to the uh, book at hand. This is Don Simpson, 1992. I think the actual publication date is 1993, which again, like year one of Image, you know, it's still published or distributed by Malibu Comics. So this is basically Image year one. And um, man, it's a weird one. When you think of the first year of Image Comics and what comes out, it's mostly the founders of Image. Don Simpson gets in there pretty early with a variety of things, teaming up with Jim Valentino on Normal Man and Megaton Man, teaming up with Eric Larson and Savage Dragon Megaton Man, and doing a parody of the uh, formation of Image Comics here with Splitting Image. Valentino's Silverline uh, put out like an 80-page giant uh, Splitting Image and included uh, Megaton Man, Normal Man. And with the text piece uh, that, that was in there, uh, basically the genesis was that Gary Groth was trying to commission Don Simpson to do a kind of image parody comic. And uh, somehow Valentino, the image guys, like found out and we're like, well, why don't you just do it over here? Make some real money. Add an extra zero or two to those <laughs> orders. Yeah, and uh, and leave. Let 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 Gary and and those guys get some like lesser cartoonist uh, to 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 make the the image parody comic. And then in the parentheses it said which they did. So <laughs> I just gotta find out because I don't know a Fanographics parody uh, from Image. But uh, you know this this is this is super early, and it's um it's. It's a good comic. Like it feels like all the beats, the humor beats, it's Mad Magazine style parody. And even the very last image on the very last page of Splitting Image Two says, you know, rest in peace, Harvey Kurtzman. Like right. respect to Harvey Kurtzman, and it feels like it. Man, it's interesting to think of like Fanographics trying to do this kind of parody because, like, I remember an early Wizard Magazine going through and just reading the list of parody comics from yeah. that time period and i mean it was multiple pages of titles it was such a uh, it was a it was a genre almost like when fanographics is doing eros and it's like oh yeah porn comics are a genre parody was like a genre you can find probably a parody of every single image title from that first year or two uh, in parody form and, and some of them in several parodies yeah and 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 the ancillary marvel projects that those guys worked on also not burying the lead, 30th anniversary of Image Comics is what we're celebrating here, and that's the impetus for, for cracking this sucker open. Yeah, absolutely. The egos, the greed, the gimmicks. <laughs> Let's go back in time and take a look at that. Something about the logo with all the saliva coming off it. The reference is Spitting Image, which was like a show that was around this time where they would have parodies of like Ronald Reagan or, you know, political figures at the time with these like 
oversized, weird-looking puppet heads. So that's that's in the sauce here. Also, uh, speaking of logos, Don Simpson's doing the lettering on this book. He, his, his craft is so high, and you know, like having the the spit coming off of it. It's just one of those details, man. That's a craftsman, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a world-class letterer for sure, man. And and uh, all around cartoonists, like the inking, the the line is mm-hmm. it's a Charles Burns line, dude. Good pair, good uh, caricatures of these guys too. <laughs> Fucking Jim Valentino, like always the worst for the wear. Yeah, not not flattering, but man, they're funny. Silvestri's is hilarious. I was watching a CBR interview with uh, Todd McFarlane and, and Rob Liefeld, and they were like, "Well, who would play you guys in in the in the in the uh, you know the Mad Men serialized TV show? Like, who would play Jim Valentino?" And uh, and Rob Liefeld just immediately is like, "Is Danny DeVito still working?" Oh man, that's rude. <laughs> Well, uh, Jim Valentino, they should have cast him as Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I found interesting, because it's so early on, this is almost a pitch document that really we're going to go through and we're basically going to outline like what these guys are doing book wise. You know, it's it's very feels very promotional in that regard. The other part is based on an idea by Rob Liefeld and Don Simpson, uh, a high credit mark for Rob Liefeld on these which again, you know, Simpson has connections with Larson and Jim Valentino and now Rob Liefeld. Like he was pretty plugged into this uh, this image group. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more, if if you if there was like a matrix of involvement, I think he and Valentino were probably the closest, and then it trickles down from there. You can see the paste up line for these heads uh, in the artwork here, like over the color. Like this yeah. is a separate piece that, yeah. that's added. Colors by Brian Murray. And man, you can see right off the bat, like this is a, like a painted comic. This is probably blue line method. Yeah, absolutely. Unmistakable. And uh, when you would see this kind of color, like in the Marvel comics, you just knew that it was Brian Murray. He was pulling in touches from like continuity type, type uh, production. Yeah. Did he come out of, I think he came out of continuity. Yeah. That's the whole debacle with the the color on that one X-Force issue is because he used a continuity (laughs) color guide. Um, Pretty cutting too. These uh these these things. God McFarling. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um Brat Lifeguard. Eric Larson name withheld at the time he was writing letters to the comics buyer's guide, name withheld, uh taking shots back and forth with Peter David. Yeah. And so uh I guess it wasn't much of a secret who name withheld was. I mean, we all knew this. So This is the first time I seen that like this I'm like, okay, clearly there's an inside joke going on here that that I just don't know anything about. Yeah. Also, imagine how tough it would have been to do this with no Google image search. Like, you have to, like, have, like, actual practical magazines and shit with, like, one grainy mm-hmm. image of Jim Lee or yes. the Eclipse baseball cards uh, with uh, Todd McFarlane in his best Jose Canseco pose and shit. Um, based on a true story, I think they're, I think that's especially the way based on true stories are treated today. Yeah. yeah. This is, that's pretty accurate. So they're uh, they're playing Monopoly with real money on Jim Lee's satellite, orbiting satellite. He is the big dog in this collection in terms of who's made the most money up to this point. I think it's interesting, too, like where everybody's positioned, because in my mind, McFarlane goes on to be the most financially successful from Image. Yeah. Uh, and, and worth, I don't know, according to some reports, $300 million, like yeah. super successful. But at this point, he's the number three seller out of this group. And the toy company is maybe not even an idea yet. Yeah, yeah. Like the, when you study Image Comics and you study the history of comics, like the the Image Founding Fathers story is always there's there's a lot of stuff to learn 
uh, in that in a way because for all intents and purposes, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, and Todd McFarlane were at the exact same position. Like, uh, there's nothing that you can do in comics with $8 million that you can't do with $3 million. You know what I mean? Like, they're all in the exact mm-hmm. same position. And to see where the three trajectories went, uh, it, it is, there's cautionary tales built into that, man. And then there's um, some American Dream stuff included, even, even though our homeboy is Canadian. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's in Arizona now, man. And they're careful to have, uh, you know, to cover all these characters, Spineless Man instead of Spider-Man that all these guys are working on. And you see Eric Larson holding up a page of like, this is what the writer wanted him to do, but how can you sell this? So this is what he turned in with, uh, again, add some zeros on that price tag for the original art. And you used to hear these stories about the image guys selling their original art and having that uh, money panel on each page so you could sell it. So a little bit of maybe uh, exaggerating the story a little bit, but also those splash page style pages sold this is a i think a classic example of uh, many a truth said in jest i think so because i think a lot of it is catharsis on don simpson's part mm-hmm. like fuck these kids i've been in this game for 15 years it, it's a roast it is yeah. a roast it is a roast mark silvestri drawing tiny feet one of my favorite elements of his art by the way like the tiny feet is something i noticed long before this when he was doing x-men it was always like kind of wild the way he would draw the proportions of the feet so again some truth there look at that version of guardians of the galaxy man that's good yeah it's interesting to me that like they, they kind of say you know he's doing this forgotten book and it is guardians of the galaxy of course what they're referencing you think about how that book has you know what guardians of the galaxy means today compared to what it meant back then mm-hmm. and it's like history keeps sort of changing the way these guys probably are remembered once once again dude it's it's that thing where it's the people who are of our generation are in are in decision making positions and that's how you get a deadpool movie and venom movie and guardians of the galaxy they, they it was nothing in the 70s man it was a joke yes. and uh Valentino kind of it was cool and and there was a real push you know there was a Korvac quest and stuff when, when I, summer third grade I'll never forget <laughs> and uh and that was my introduction to the Guardians of the Galaxy and then issue one probably came out right after that or before that and getting some of the real kind of uh history here right the Spike Lee commercial mm-hmm. for Levi's and Rob Liefeld um this debris joke was on previous page but you know used to cover up the the feet in the case of a rob liefeld drawing i think this is a there's a real jim lee pose of psylocke in this position oh no doubt yeah he does that like like rob liefeld's real i mean uh don Don simpson's real good with that but with like finding like the real piece and then simpsonifying it and the the joke with jim lee throughout this is that he's using computers to draw his comics (laughs) Man, that is a cut. Like, I feel like that's something people are critical of him to this day over that kind of precision that he brings to it. And just this, there's a lot of good inside baseball, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, throughout this entire story. And just like McFarland just disgusted at uh, Jim Lee's lack of hitting ability. (laughs) Also, I feel like, I feel like uh, Don Simpson had the least Rob Liefeld reference material to use. Yeah, it's, you know, and it, it's more like his idea of the essence of Rob Liefeld rather than an actual, like, photographic reality. It's like Goodman Beaver with a bull yeah. cut. Yeah, it's, totally. It's like, oh, he's, he's, he's a punk kid right. who, who isn't quite fully grown yet. He's that young and, you know. Yeah, it's a personality that he's uh, he's sort of caricaturing in that regard. But actually, I think that probably fits pretty well. 
Um, I love this Silvestri drawing, like just those big hands and everything. It's so cool. Looking. He's Don Simpson is a great anatomical drawer. He can twist the figure up in a million different positions. Uh, he, he has all the, the, the structure down pat and he's only gotten more so like I, I've seen his sketchbooks, man. And just, it's just twisted and contorted figures over and over and over again. Like he just like really has it all internalized. Uh, the way that he caricatures, Mark Silvestri is really fun too, man, because it's like total West Coast, positive energy, you know, a peace and love kind of do, like everything goes well, eat your vegetables. Yeah, he's a dad, kind of kind of a dad figure the way, you know, it's just very straightforward, boring doll. It reminds me of, I think there's a wizard profile we did of Mark Silvestri and you know, he's wearing like a flannel shirt and that's, that's totally how it comes across. Like he could have been uh, Danny Tanner or something the way he's uh, depicted there. Spawn 8 to give you an idea of like when yeah. this is coming out. Um, but yeah, pr pretty fun so far here. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make uh, out right now, man. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue one, two, three, and potentially issue number four. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Every issue is completely self-contained, so when you see these comics out in the wild, scoop it up. You're going to get a full experience, and if you dig it, go grab another issue by Jim Rugg. Uh, Hulk Grand Design Monster, Hulk Grand Design Madness. The man takes 300 issues of Incredible Hulk per issue and crams them into a succinct 40-page story an incredible romp that encompasses all of the best hits from Incredible Hulk lore. In stores now, scoop up these books. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. And I like that they call Marvel as Marginal. Because <laughs> the, uh, the call, they're called the Marginal Seven, and I feel like he believes, Don Simpson believes that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. So they're heading there on uh, Jim Lee's spaceship, and what do they catch? This is this is the like the ego inside of Marginal Comics. It's just Stan Lee's like mustache. Well, yeah, it's, it's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's it's Terry Stewart, which which is the unfortunate because like you just want it to be Stan Lee so well, bad. I guess he's hot, but he's hiding behind Stan Lee's it's, mustache. Right, it's a know? Wizard of Oz thing, right? They go behind the curtains where it's like, oh, okay, now they found him. Right. Yeah, Terry Stewart, and you know, books written about how that stuff was sort of uh, how Marvel was run at that time. You know, they reference that here. Look at all these new toys t-shirts and trading cards marginal is putting out these days like that was something we would note in the wizard coverage where it'd be like oh they just bought upper deck or they just bought F fleer or whatever bad moves in hindsight but uh but it's also from their that's work what marvel's doing so like wave two of the x-men toys is rob liefeld's mm -hmm. shit and and rob is like Oh man, this is so cool. Can I get one? And <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, but you got to pay $12.95 a piece. There's true stories like that, that I've heard that exact thing. Like, hey, why don't you go down the road and buy it? I mean, that's McFarlane. You don't give me a copy of the shirt? Yeah, and look how pissed he is over that. <laughs> Pretty good. It's a nice page, too, with the figures on the desk. Yeah. Sitting there in the foreground. It's kind of, that's a really cool image. But it's funny because, like, Don Simpson is steeped in the Silver Age and stuff. And and those do look like boring, like Silver Age, <laughs> Charlton type characters or something. Well, they make me think of the Watchmen toys in yeah. the back matter. You know? Yeah. Are these markers that we're seeing for the color? I think they are. Yeah, that's a it good question. Like I love how animated the color is. Like 
Murray is really, you don't see anything where it's just like a flat face. No, not at all. And I guarantee you that the color in this probably looks way different than the color that you see on the actual page. It gets so saturated in print. Yeah, it's true. Famous story of uh, Tom DeFalco, like, pratfalling while he's, like, eavesdropping on conversations with the Marvel, uh, with the Marginal Seven and the sort of upper management. And uh, DeFalco, like, falls in after, like, eavesdropping and is like, oh, oh, sorry, blah, blah, blah. Like Jay Leno hiding in the closet. Yeah, exactly, man. Maybe he read that book. The what was it? The the late night wars. The late shift. The late shift. That's it. The marginal seven. We're certainly more important than editors. Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I, looking at them, I'm like, I'm I'm trying to like parse them out. I'm like, yeah. which one is Ralph Macchio? If you could actually go back, I think I could point out Danny Fingeroth pretty easy. I think that one's Danny Fingeroth. I never even thought of trying to figure mm -hmm. out like who these guys were because you would see the like editorial corners and they'd have like a little caricature in a lot of the uh, old Marvel publications. And I bet you could find a few of these guys. Jim, Jim maybe you could pitch the annotated split in image <laughs> that they could reissue. But what's funny is none of them were um, Tom DeFalco, I don't think. So that's your uh, probably half accurate, maybe three quarters accurate split. Is, uh, is they're leaving Marvel for various reasons that they're disgruntled and stuff and off on their own. What are we going to do? It's time for them to uh, make their own comics and... Where do you start? It's real fun because, like, uh, the Rob Liefeld character is like, it's not even comics. I'm, ma I'm making uh, toy catalogs. Yes, toy catalogs. That's a good. Uh, that's a good promo cut on Don Simpson's part. And you see Prophet's like weird headgear. One side is a cent <laughs> sign, and one side is a dollar sign. <laughs> a little bit of a retread here on Die Hard. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's it's one of those things that like, <laughs> Don Simpson clearly did research and like had to actually read these comics to like get the names of the characters at the very least and i just bet he was just like what am i doing yes i'm uh, you know what i'm going to college after this <laughs> i need to go get a phd because my my iq points are depleting as i read this i i am in love with all of his versions though of these characters yeah yeah no mm -hmm. he, he's a great drawer and like the when he starts adding lines it's like he he would use those kind of crazy lines in the earliest megaton mans yeah this is another one of those great inside baseball joke pieces man where young blood one was a flip book so just without context like we're just you know flipping the, the pages and then a bunch of upside down characters it's like what because there wasn't like a gradual break in in young blood one Here's your moment, Ed. You can't unleash 437 brand new characters in a single comic book. Comic book? It's a toy catalog for licensing and merchandise. <laughs> and the classic story of Eric Larson. I created this character when I was four. And, and his famous way of holding a pencil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is, man. Perfect, man. Poor Wills. He, he gets... He's like the Brandon Choi of, it's, uh, of the founders. Will, what's his name? Yeah. Is, is his name in this one? Yeah, it's unfortunate so savage the jolly green drag queen and this is like don simpson had a character called the slick that was like his uh his kind of spider band guy and the little gun that the slick had really had a dickhead to it <laughs> and it would squirt like and be like spurt splooge and like all those kinds of onomatopoeias that's pretty good and that's a hand fucking waxing off man i was looking at this drawing 
because it, it captures Larson stuff pretty well. Like that miniseries, he would always have like two page splashes, like his pages two and three. And uh, if you look at this drawing, like it doesn't quite work. The limbs aren't where they should be. The head's too low. I love it. It feels like this is a Kirby-esque kind of manipulating your, your form to just create like a cool overall effect impression. Yeah, yeah, that feels like a Larson hand though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the knuckles, the, the knuckles are super Larson-y. Yeah. It's weird to think like you're going to caricature somebody's style, what do you do? And in Larson's case, like those knuckles stand out, I guess he drew a lot of fists. <laughs> Maybe the idea behind this character. <laughs> this is a good one, man, because it's a, it's about the contradiction in terms. He's called Shadowhawk, but he has like polished chrome outfit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your shadow casts a blinding glare on evil. <laughs> and, and, and look at the color, dude. Like it's 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 a blinding black, but... glare. He's like shining. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really funny gimmick for this one. And he still breaks their backs too, man. So he's keeping up with type. An insane ad. You would think that was a parody ad. <laughs> Again, superhero comics for kids in the early nineties. I love it. This is great, how he's uh, dispelling them all with their cartoon heavy objects being dropped on them. Traction Shock is uh, Shadowhawk's name with an anvil for a head. Good stuff. Trencher ad. Another pretty early uh, adopter. Another inside baseball piece, man, like where uh, there was the public debate between Todd McFarlane and Peter David, uh, of which was moderated by uh, George Perez, Rest in Peace. You can find video of this on YouTube and watch and listen to the entire debate and McFarlane he you know he's a psychological warrior man like he knows what he's doing and he has never and will never profess to be or be mistaken for an academic or that kind of studied person so he's doing power moves at the uh conversation at the at the debate and one of the things he does man takes off his shirt and, it, and he's almost like, Peter David, why don't you do it too? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and Simpson nails him too. I think it'd be great publicity. His plan is to do naked bungee jumping in here. That great publicity, I feel like when we talked to him and he was and he's promoting Spawn 300, like always the, the great publicity yeah. is, is his mark. Yeah, listen, kayfabers, like the shoot interviews happened because Todd McFarlane hit us up when we had nominal amounts of subscribers and was like, I will be on your show. And then me and Jimmy are like, well, we got to figure out how to make that work now. I like this drawing because legs and feet over the arms and shoulders, impossible. It's totally apt for a Todd McFarlane, like a Spider-Man pose. We pointed some out. But it's impossible, like this drawing, and Simpson makes that work anatomically. Yeah. Wild. Simpson recently posted a bunch of these originals on Facebook. So if you don't follow him and you like his work, that's a place to see some of this stuff. But again, like you can see how he's bending this anatomy around with like legs wrapped over shoulders and stuff like that. Dude, he does a good job at, at uh, doing kayfabe fucking Tom Orzakowski lettering. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Spasm. <laughs> so there's half the books of your original launch and uh, another Canuck. Hey guys, can I join Del Keown coming in and a pretty good caricature of him based on the wizard hot artist photo that he, you would he, see. He, he really looks like a Snapchat filter. <laughs> good back cover. Yes. wonder who drew that. Do you think that's Liefeld? Because it doesn't look like Simpsons mark making. No. It looks Liefeld-ish. 
All right, issue two, getting more of those characters coming up. There had to be so many of these things out because when I was a kid, like my first like little grab bag of Image Comics, you know, uh, uh, $5 for 10 or something like that, this was included, this issue. Seems smart to put the, uh, the Jim Lee book in book two, you know, give, yeah. give book two something with some weight. Eric Stevenson editing. Maybe I always make the joke he must have been like eight. <laughs> maybe it was also just like the the timeline, like it's young blood, then then spawn, then comes. Mm -hmm. Just doing it strictly chronologically. Yeah. Yeah, it could be right. And there's your robot doing the uh, the Jim Lee comics. They're like he even updated his technology since last issue. <laughs> and I, I love this Delkey. It looks just like him, dude. It's it's really good. It make the teeth even bigger little recap of issue one and you mentioned like getting this into your grab bag and how many of these there were this was that first year it was like if it said image they sold half a million copies. oh yeah 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 i mean this is probably the most lucrative comic don simpson ever made uh, by by a wide margin like the this the normal man one and uh savage dragon like i mean those are probably his four biggest money made by like a ridiculously wide margin yes yeah killer instinct teens Wild kids. Another great inside baseball cut promos on Brandon Choi, who would always have acronyms and stuff like that. <laughs> and having acronyms inside of acronyms. Is that what it's called? Acronym? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's that's total Brandon Choi shit right there. Yes. And then this is always my favorite thing is having the asterisk in the footnote of what the acronyms are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one in, in Hulk Grand Design where it's three acronyms. It's like AIM, Hydra, and SHIELD all get like Perfect. three asterisks. <laughs> And this is the two-page spread in Wildcats 1 when Zealot first shows up. Yes. Even, like, is it Void, void uh, in that side profile? I feel like that's one lifted, too. It's, it's pretty fun to see these things, like, the reference points where they're coming from. Because it's a good parody in terms of being accurate to the source material. If Brian Murray's using uh, markers, I wonder what the white is on top of the marker to like give highlights yeah yeah it looks like paint, maybe pro, right? like maybe a pro white mm -hmm. a little pro something white like that <laughs> you remember this like that little girl character that's like that <laughs> it's toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny to know when this comes out compared to when this issue shipped <laughs> it, it had to be a year after this this could just be another page of splitting <laughs> yeah, image it, it really could <laughs> I like the inclusion of like the next issue as if this is your last page, but it's really like a Wildcats thing. There will be parts too where it'll be like, next issue, coming next year. Right. <laughs> Just playing on the lateness. This is great. One of the gimmicks in here at one point, they point out like, oh, you've got to do the comic. It's not just these uh, preview pages and solicitation. Yeah, like I, I really wasn't there to witness all the promo and stuff, but I, but in retrospect, grabbing all these old mags and stuff, you see a lot. So there must have been plenty before. Oh, yeah. This is just up. absurd. Absurd. <laughs> well, how about this? Does where does this <laughs> fall on your absurdity? And also continuing the, uh, the Mark Silvestri tiny feet motif. Saw Mark Silvestri speak recently on uh, Sci-Fi Wire, and he was talking about his '90s work. You know, they were kind of. Um, reminiscing and and he admits he's like i you know i hate my 90s work i hate my early cyber force work. i was trying to be jim lee yeah he says it he admits it it's interesting i wonder how he feels about his marvel work you know like he's come so far from that and that's some of my favorite work of his so. yeah i don't know if they got into any of that or not no but. they didn't 
the, the, the one thing about the early cyber force is there's a sense of humor in that work that I think he abandons. Look, see, to be continued next year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wish he would have, you know, it was a more cartoony direction. And then he kind of veered in a, in a different way. Squirtworks is really funny for wet works and them all in the pool and doing like water sports. <laughs> this is, uh, this is still early enough where Wills is, you know, sort of suspected of being one of the founding fathers you know like this comic is inevitable i love the uh the there's a preview in wildcats i think number two of this yeah. and then it's like a year before wild before what works actually comes out At and least. you can see the uh leap in digital yeah. production technology for doing like that color effect on the on the uh, armor yeah absolutely pit stop del keon gets to join the group <laughs> he's the best although valentina is pretty good but here we go with uh, Pit Stop. Probably about as much story in these pages as the actual first issue of Pit. It's it's essentially, like, I mean, what they're using, too. See, fucking Don Simpson just has every image comic, like, around his table. Because that's from uh, Youngblood. Yeah. That, that backup story. It's great. I, I remember Mike Mignola talking about when he did the... Uh, with the new gods like scattered everywhere whenever he was doing um what was the big dc cosmic, uh, cosmic odyssey cosmic odyssey and like really picking up that that kirby vibe just from having that work around him for a year i imagine don simpson surrounded by image comics for a year and just being just angry i feel like it left its mark though because he does he does have this way of uh rendering this like crisscrossy kind of thing that became like part of his style that i wonder if he kind of picked up during this phase I can't imagine a better person to do a book like this. Yeah, it's colored perfectly too, because you because you want it to be divorced from Optics production. You want it to be on mm -hmm. like matte, like not the glossy paper. It's got to be kind of a classic approach. Shot at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's that's a for good measure. Yeah, you were talking about all the parody comics and stuff. Like in a way, Ninja Turtles was, and and if it wasn't, the Legion of Ninja Turtle imitators were. So. Absolutely. Um, we also have to actually draw them and see to it that they come out. Bummer. <laughs> That's the biggest promo cut of all. What do they call them? Walt Pistachio. <laughs> and then our very end page, Don Simpson's character showing up there and uh, Valentino's Captain Everything from Normal Man. There's also a reference to Mr. Spook, the Larry Martyr Bean World character, but it's on his head right oh. there. <laughs> yeah. I looked for it and was like, I don't see him. Yeah. That is subtle. Yeah, classic, man. Uh, and we passed up some parts where they actually, like, are, I, I'm not sure where, I couldn't point to it easy, but um, they're goofing on probably that part about, like, you got to make the comic, but Malibu catches some shots and stuff in the, in the comic. And Ed, you mentioned... Uh, in memory of Harvey Kurtzman, creator of Madden, Super Duper Man of superhero satire. So, uh, and many, my thanks to Rob Life of Don Simpson 93, but it's cool to see Harvey Kurtzman called out here. Probably passed away right there. Yes, yeah, but, 1993 but, passed, so it, it had to be, you know. But from the jump, the, the storytelling, uh, the beats of it are like a great, you know, mad, mad parody. And like my favorite stuff in Mad Magazine is when they would do like comic parodies of things, uh, but it would only be like four pages maximum. So we get 40 pages of that and, and Simpson keeps the energy up the entire way. It never wanes. It really helps that he's able to, you know, work on like seven different sets of characters and creators. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think if you were to focus on any one of these, it becomes one issue one would be note, long. Yeah. 
but uh, being able to jump from character to character and to give some of the, the meta info, like some of the marginalized uh, other additional characters helps quite a bit. I love like just thinking of the snapshot of Image Year One and mm -hmm. what was going on and gearing up really for Image Year Two with some of these guys joining up. Got to get Mark Pasello on the on the docket, man. Do his Doom, this, Doom Four. This is the one that like I swear this was advertised forever. Uh -huh. I don't know when this comes out, like ninety five, ninety six, something like that. It's way down the road because this was the one that you would hear rumors uh, Spielberg was interested yeah. in or whatever. Uh, you'd hear that with a few different books, but I always thought of Dooms Four. That was one of the early ones, and it took forever for that book to actually come out. Yeah, it was that and the Mark that he yeah. sold to Tom, uh, Tom Cruise or whatever. But the Mark yeah. like never was in the comic. I don't think. Right. At, least, at least not when I was fucking with that shit. DC had a book, or I, Dark Horse had a book called The Mark. I think completely unrelated, but it was weird that it was like that. That's one that. Well, anyway, different story there. But splitting image, Don Simpson. You know, Image Comics Year One, and kind of a pitch for Image. Uh, comics and all their titles and pretty spot on you know like doing this parody and having access to these guys probably helped and also having a, a top cartoonist handling it yeah don simpson would also participate in uh, 1963 comics for a while lettering inking some stuff here yeah and did there. a lot in these first couple of years at at image and yeah. then goes off on his own self-publishing with bizarre heroes takes those coffers just like when, on that interview we did with rick veach he's like yeah dude fucking uh you know, every issue of Rare Bit Fiends couldn't have been possible without that image loot. Uh, the Tyrant comics, image loot, you know, went into that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's real interesting to think of the Dave, legacy. Dave Gibbons got his, he bought that Angus McKee dude fucking computers to color his shit for the future with the money he made from 1963. And I, I think Gibbons just did like one, one thing, two things maybe. Yeah, that's fascinating. I was even thinking like Spirits of Independence shows up in like 93, 94. SPX comes out of that time. Pretty closely related. I mean, several of those guys that you mentioned come out in 1963 and self-publish, and that's your Spirits of Independence tour. Yeah. Wow. The Staple Syndicate. Do you, do you remember that, man? It would be, it would be on, on the covers of books. Staple Syndicate would be Wolf and Bird, Bizarre Heroes, uh... Colleen Duran's uh, Distant Soil. I wonder how much credit those creators give to Image as, as being like, I don't know, raising public awareness or something of like self-publishing and owning your own work. You know, if that stuff really can be traced back to like Image and the ripples that come out of that. I mean, it's a speculator boom. It's, it's, it's another bubble like the black and white one where these shops had to at least speculate a little bit on future number ones of other things and did not go well it did not go well like like i can't think of one thing that really like bore much i guess bone bone would be the the success out of that um Scud. paul pope in some ways you know like i think his success arrives after but his He's, horse press self-publishing came out of that spirits of independent time period and then he goes on to a, a huge career yeah so yeah a couple of success stories but i mean like for those stores that had to speculate on it I don't know that any of them had a very happy ending from yeah, it. Yeah, I asked those guys, I man. I asked like the big like a lot of retailers that are, were in business since that like back in those days, even in eighty six. And very often it would be like, We will grab one. One of everything, but like it would be tough to put two on the stand. Yeah, for sure. Good to go. That's all I have. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness, my retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, all that good stuff is available now in comic shops everywhere while supplies last. 
and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see more of my comics art. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Issue 1, 2, and 3 are in the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, name of the game of Red Room Comics. Every issue completely self-contained, banned in 26 countries, banned in 10 comic shops, but you can order and pre-order these comics at my link tree in the description below this video. I hit up the Fanographics website, you can scoop up the comics there. Hit up my Patreon to read the comics right now today. Patreon.com slash headpisscore, three books, get you the archive. More than 200 pages are up there as we speak. Tom, what do you have? Check out Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. Fantastic for grand design. Uh, go to my Patreon uh, and check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Jimmy, what else we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, giving those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Make more comics.